Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you don't feel represented in mainstream wedding media, if you haven't been dreaming about your wedding day since you were six years old, and if you don't want to have an Instagram wedding, then you are in the right place. Today's episode is all about gifts. <laughs> I am recording this in early December, so maybe I just have gifts on the mind with the holiday season coming up, and I thought I would chat with you about it. So it is all about wedding gifts, uh, the kind of gifts you might want, what you can expect, gift-giving etiquette, all that good stuff. So let's get into it. The first thing I have to say about wedding gifts is, of course, you should never expect a gift. You don't invite someone to your wedding with the expectation that they will bring you a gift. I know this is something that some couples kind of get in the habit of doing, especially when it comes to inviting, you know, maybe rich relatives, or if your parents say, oh, can we just invite, you know, a few more of our friends? Don't worry, they're going to give you a ton of money, or they'll buy you a really nice gift. Um, and that's great. And that's a, that's a great bonus, you know, if a relative does attend or something someone attends your wedding and they happen to give you a really nice gift, but it should absolutely not be the expectation. You should be completely fine with, you know, 50 people showing up to your wedding and just receiving 50 really nice cards of congratulations with no gifts, no money, nothing attached. If that idea like completely uh, turns you off and, you know, you are hemorrhaging money and you're planning to pay off your credit card with all of the gift money that you receive, then you really need to be rethinking your wedding. Uh, please do not get married for the gifts. It's not worth it. I promise you that you will spend more on your wedding uh, and not even just, you know, money on your wedding, but time and stress and drama and all of that. And at the end of the day, even if every single person brings you fistfuls of cash, it will probably not be worth all the stress that went into the wedding planning. You should just skip the whole wedding thing if the whole reason you're doing it is gifts. Um, on the same point, all gifts are welcome. So just because you tell people, you know, you want such and such a thing, please purchase off this registry. We only want cash. We only want gold coins. Uh, you don't actually get to tell people what to bring you. People can gift you whatever they want. So you might get this really hideous lamp. You might get a fruit bowl. You might get a treasure chest. You might get nothing. You might get golf balls. You might get pens, whatever it is. If someone wants to give it to you, they are more than welcome to. We don't get to decide what gifts we get. Um, people can give anything they want, personal, wacky, off the registry, on the registry, whatever it is. I also want to address this strange concept. There's a thing that goes around saying that people in the wedding party, because those are, you know, your nearest and dearest, your closest friends and family members, they should actually be giving you a bigger gift because they know you so well. So, you know, if you are attending a wedding of, let's say, you know, a work colleague, maybe you get them a, a bit of a smaller gift. If you are attending a wedding of a cousin, you get them, you know, a slightly bigger gift. If you're attending the wedding of your sister, you get her a really big gift. And then if you are, you know, in the wedding party of your very best friend since you were three years old, you get them a huge gift. But it's sort of strange that we expect people in the wedding party to give these ginormous gifts when being in the wedding party is really, really expensive. <laughs> I have been in this situation before where I have spent literally thousands of dollars to be in weddings, you know, flying across 
across the country, buying outfits, booking hotel rooms, taking time off work. And then on top of that, you're expected to give, you know, a multi hundred dollar wedding gift. Um, So that is something I think we should get rid of. I think that's a horrible, horrible tradition. And uh, the car honking outside clearly agrees with me. That is a horrible thing. And we should not be expecting, we shouldn't be expecting gifts at all from the wedding party. It is, you know, a gift that they are putting this much time and effort into our wedding day. Uh, We certainly should not be expecting big, expensive gifts. So if you are in that position, uh, I encourage you to tell your wedding party, you know, please don't get me a gift. Uh, A nice card would be great. Or, you know, just say something sweet in your toast or whatever it is. Uh, Let's try to get rid of that expectation because I think it is silly. Now, I will say, you know, I, I know I just said you should never expect a gift. All gifts are welcome. People can give whatever they want. However, <laughs> all of that is still very, very true. But personally, when I give a gift, and this is not what I expect of other people, and this is not something that, you know, I would make a hard and fast rule for my wedding. But when I give a gift, when I go to a wedding, the way I was raised is that your gift needs to cover the cost of your plate. And that's not just, you know, the actual cost of the food on my plate, but usually, um, you know, weddings will have a cost. They'll say, oh, this wedding is, you know, it's $200 per person kind of wedding, or it's $100 per person wedding. And that's usually all of the reception costs. So it's like the venue, the food, the drinks, the dance, all that stuff. It doesn't usually factor in things like, oh, you know, the bride splurged on a $12,000 Vera Wang dress. So let's divide that amongst the 50 guests. It's not usually that. It's usually the actual guest experience at the reception. And especially if you are booking at an all-inclusive venue, they might actually have that cost is like, okay, here's the cost per guest for your event. So I was raised to, um, to give a gift that covers the cost of my plate, whether that is something off the registry or just cash. Um, but that is not how everyone was raised. Some people were raised to say, you know, it's $100 per person. So if I'm attending with my you know, whole family, there's five of us, we have to give $500. Other people were raised as, oh, it's just $100 total. You know, our whole family of five, we're putting $100 in an envelope. Other people were raised just to write a nice card, um, you know, or other people, I don't know, $1,000, whatever it is. I don't know if you were raised in that kind of household. Um, And not everyone can afford to do something like cover the cost of their plate. So again, this is why we don't get married for the gifts. And if you're thinking, oh, I don't want to spend you know, $75 on this person, they're not worth it to me. But as long as they get me a gift that covers that amount, like that's really not where you want to be when you're putting together your guest list. So try not to think about gifts at all. And I'm sure if you are a lovely human listening to this podcast, that's not where your brain's at. You're not thinking about uh, the value of your guest based on the kind of gift they're going to give you. But just in case, in case that thought even floats into your brain, try to get rid of it. Any gifts you get are a bonus. They're the cherry on top. It's just a lovely way of guests for guests to express, you know, how they feel about you, to congratulate you, to celebrate you. But it doesn't mean your guests, you know, love you any less. If they can't give you a big expensive gift, they might just not be able to afford it. Or they might be, you know, from a culture where that's just not the practice. So don't read into it. If you get no gifts, if you get all the gifts, it it doesn't matter. It is no indication of how much you are loved. And it certainly is no indication of how wonderful your marriage is going to be. All right, so let's start with one of the biggest parts of wedding gift giving. It is the wedding registry. So a registry is a list of gifts that you would like people to get you. It's kind of like your wish list, the letter you send to Santa uh, before Christmas saying, here are all the things I want. Please buy me one. I love I love that this is a thing still in modern weddings as much as people go on about, oh, your presence is presence enough. But by the way, here's a list of 45 things I really think you should get me. <laughs> but um, it is super practical, right? You would rather people 
people have an idea of the sort of things you want and need. It would be best if, you know, you didn't get seven different blenders, but once the blender is taken off the list, you know, it's it's gone. People know it is awesome. Registries are super traditional. If you remember those movies from like, I don't know, the 80s, people going around with those um, price guns at like, um, I don't even know, is Pier 1 still a place? But home home decor stores, uh, I think you can still do that. But you can also build your registry online. And it doesn't have to be, you know, registering for your grandmother's china or table linens or things like that. It can be super modern. You can register for like a new PlayStation, um, an air fryer. What else do people love? Instant Pot, a Peloton bike. I don't know if um, if you got big spenders in your family or it could be a group gift. Maybe a bunch of people go in on that for you. But you can definitely make it really modern. You can cater it to your tastes. Um, pretty much, you know, every store with an online presence will have some option to do a registry. Obviously, bigger stores, you know, like a Target, an Amazon, a Bed Bath & Beyond. This is sort of their bread and butter. They, they know what they're doing. They've got the whole registry thing sorted. And uh, this is a really fun task to either go into the store in person if you can do so or just to you know sit back in front of your computer and click through all the things you want that's that's super fun <laughs> um it's exciting and especially you know if you are a shopper this is sort of like a fun dream uh time just to to click a bunch of things you would love for people to buy you <laughs> usually stuff that ends up on registries is more um, things for the home. So stuff, you know, like blenders and towels and bedding. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, it could be more fun stuff, more things to do with like hobbies. Maybe you have more niche interests. Maybe you're really into building computers or fixing up cars, or I don't know, you've got your eye on a new guitar or something like that. It could totally be more personalized to you. And I think your guests will probably get a real kick out of it if they open up your registry and it's to a music store and you have a bunch of I don't know, new guitar uh, picks, guitar. <laughs> I was thinking you probably don't need multiple guitars, but the actual guitar pick is like 25 cents. So I don't know, guitar accoutrements, <laughs> guitar accessories. Oh, this is a horrible example, but I'm leaving this all in. Um, you get what I mean though. I think your guests would really enjoy stumbling upon your registry and seeing that it's full of a bunch of personal items that'll actually make you smile and not like, you know, 100% cotton uh, dish towels. Um, I will say, however, usually for registries, it is items that um, will be shared between the two of you. I think that's why primarily it is home items that you see on people's registries. And it's not like super, super personal items in terms of, um, I guess, the intimacy. So you're not going to put like, uh, you know, oh, I really need these new jeans from The Gap on your registry. That's kind of strange. Like most people, you know, you don't usually put clothes on there. You don't usually put, um, you know, food unless it's some fancy like artisanal cheeses, but you're not going to put like, oh yeah, we're running low on milk. So throw that on the registry. Uh, you know, you're not probably not going to put makeup on there or new shoes or things like that. Uh, so usually it is that, you know, slightly bigger purchases and more for the home, but still have fun with it you know, make it modern, make it personal to, to you too. Um, again, like I said, it's something you can do online, which is perfect for these pandemic times when you probably don't want to be running through a mall. Uh, you can do this from the comfort of your home in your pajamas with your laptop. And this is also perfect for all the people who are ordering for you. Cause you know, back in the, back in the olden days, people used to have to drive to the mall, go into, you know, insert store here and say, Oh, do you have the registry for Kat and Megan? And then the store clerk would, you know, pull up the registry and show them the things. But these days people can just log on to 
your, you know, Kat and Megan getting married.com, find your registry order, click it's shipped, it's sent to your house. They don't have to worry. They don't have to gift wrap. They don't have to get up. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> Registries really, really work for uh, those of us who don't want to leave our homes. <laughs> Where to put your registry information. So Emily Post says that you absolutely cannot put your registry information on your invitation. And I agree with her. I usually do not agree with Emily Post, but this is one of those situations where I agree. I think it is tacky to put any sort of gift giving information on your invite. Uh, where you do want to put this information is on your wedding website. So what you can do is on your invitation, you can say, for more details, head to catandmegangettingmarried.com. And then on catandmegangettingmarried.com, you can have a tab called registry or gifts or whatever you want to call it. And you can put all of your different registry, you know, links there. Maybe you're registered at a few different stores. You can put all of your gift giving information, anything else you need people to know all in one place. And this is great for a number of reasons. First of all, it's not tacky because I think if you put it on the invite, the invite really is just like, it's your names, it's the date, and it's the location. It's like the bare bones, essential information that people need. And usually even then, People will have to go to the website anyways in order to, you know, RSVP or get the driving instructions or, you know, figure out where the hotel room block is going to be. But you don't want to put the gift giving information right on the invite because that just says like, hey, here's, you know, here, who, here's who we are. Here's where we're getting married and when. And by the way, we need a gift. It's so important. We put it on the front page of our invite. Like we only have three lines of text and yet we decided, you know, wedding gifts were really, really important. So that's that's not the vibe you want to put out there to your guests. You don't want them to think that it's so important that they buy you a gift. It's so important that it made it onto the invite. That's definitely something that you could put on your website. It's also really handy to have that stuff on your website. So people don't have to type in like, you know, target.com backslash Kate and Megan backslash wedding backslash, you know, all that stuff. It's so much easier if they can just click a link from your website and land on your registry. You'll also want to tell some people in your life where this information is, because back in the olden days, before people had wedding websites, the easiest way to figure out, you know, where a couple was registered was to just call, either call the couple directly or call a relative. So usually the mother of the bride would get all of these calls, people saying, oh, where are they registered? Oh, how much is the cost per plate? So that we know how much to spend. Oh, you know, what do they need? What, what should we buy them? So make sure, you know, if that's something you think is going to come up with your group, make sure that uh, mom, dad, wedding party, friends, family, you know, that sort of inner core circle, make sure they know like, oh, just by the way, you know, we're registered at Target if anyone asks and all the information's on our website. Here's the link again, just so they can spread the word. Make sure that uh, no one gets lost. When you're actually building your registry, you want to make sure you're putting a range of items. And by that, I mean a range of prices. So you don't want to get, you know, a ton of things that are $500 because that kind of leaves uh, probably the majority of your guests out of luck. They'll have nothing to buy. And you don't want to put a bunch of things that are $20 because, you know, if someone comes in wanting to spend $500, they're now going to have to buy up, you know, half your stock. Uh, I'm terrible at math, but, you know, they'll have to buy a lot. So you really do want to have that range of lower priced items, mid-tier items, high-tier items. Uh, it's awesome if there's an option for people to sort of go in on gifts together. So don't be afraid to put a few items on there that are more pricey. And, you know, people will probably assume that that's meant to be a group gift. And you want to make sure you're keeping an eye on your registry. Now, I have not set up a registry myself, so I imagine 
you can make it so that your registry gives you some sort of a notification. I know you can get notified when something is purchased, though I think it's more fun if you don't know what exactly is purchased. So it's still a bit of a surprise when it arrives, but you wanna make sure there's still lots of stuff available. So maybe you have like a super eager family and on day one, you know, the, the minute you upload your registry to your website, they dive on there, they buy up all the gifts and there's like a cheese board and um, you know, a new knife left by the time your wedding rolls around, and then your you know handful of friends who are maybe a little bit <laughs> more uh, you know procrastinating, they get there and there's like two things they can buy, and they're really unaffordable or whatever it is. So just make sure that you are checking your registry and updating it um, with new things if things start to uh, start to leave, especially if you know all of the lower tiered items leave. Uh, lower priced items leave rather, or all of the higher priced items leave first, you want to make sure you're updating your registry and that there's always stuff available for uh, anyone who is buying you a gift a little bit later. Because technically, again, according to Emily Post, people have an entire year after the wedding to buy you a gift. So people might not be buying it until the day of, and other people might be buying it super early, it might arrive to your house even before the wedding. You also want to look into different options. I know a lot of gift registries have these super cool things where after the wedding, if you still have some items on your list that weren't purchased, they'll actually offer you a discount to go and buy those items yourself. Uh, super cool. I think it's usually like, you know, a 10 to 20% uh, discount, which can be great. So don't be afraid to put things on your wish list on your registry, even if you know, no one's going to buy it, even if you're putting it on, you know, the day of your wedding, if it's something you actually want, and you want a discount on it, go ahead and put it on there. Not a problem, you might be able to go and buy it for a discount. I know there's also some registries where they'll actually send you a little gift just for setting up a registry. I think it's, I want to say it's Williams Sonoma, but I'm not sure, but they'll actually send you, um, you know, a little like salt and pepper shaker or something like that, just for setting up a registry, you don't even have to have anyone buy you something off of it. But um, do some more, do some more internet sleuthing on that ask in the Facebook groups, and they'll give you all the information that you need about all the, you know, registry hacks, how to get discounts, how to get free gifts, um, because that stuff's out there and, uh, and might as well, right? <laughs> Doesn't hurt. Uh, no one says no to a free gift. So the other common thing that people ask for, uh, for wedding gifts, if they're not doing a registry is money. So this used to be super, super tacky. Emily Post, she might still say no. Um, she might say, you can't ask for money. That's really rude. You have to put together a registry, but it just doesn't work for most modern couples. Uh, my partner and I, for example, we've lived together for a number of years. Um, we have, you know, all of the home stuff we need. We don't really need new towels. We don't need, a, actually, I would take a blender, but, you know, we don't need, um, I don't know, bedding or, or things like that. And for a lot of couples who live together before marriage, they don't need all of these household items. And they sit there staring at a registry saying, okay, we don't really actually need any of this. What we do need is, you know, money for our honeymoon or for our new house or for our, um, you know, mortgage bills or student debt or groceries, whatever it is. Um, so that's actually more helpful. And if the whole point of a gift is to give people something they need and people need money, that's a really nice way to go. So of course you don't want to directly ask for money. Like you don't want the, um, you know, line on your wedding website to say no gifts, money only. Thanks. <laughs> like, Don't be rude. Um, and again, do not put it on the invitation. Uh, you shouldn't put the registry. You definitely should not say cash only for gifts or something like that on your invitation. So rude. So keep all that info on your website, but you do need to say it in a really sort of respectful way. 
Um, again, you can never tell people what to get you or demand they get, that they gift you get you a gift at all. So please don't say anything like cash only. Um, you know, uh, I can't even think of, of rude ways to say it, but, but please don't do it. Um, there are so many really cute little lines that you can put in there. Um, tons of like rhyming options. You could Google this, uh, or you could ask in the Facebook groups and people could come up with something for you. But basically you want to say something along the lines of, um, I'll, I'll stick with Kat and Megan so you can say, you know, we've, you know, or I guess I don't really need the names here, but you could say, uh, you know, we've lived together for the last five years and have, and have built up a home. Um, we'd love contributions towards our new car fund or something like that. Um, or, you know, something like, oh, like you don't need to get us a gift at all, but, but if you would like to gift us something, we'd appreciate contributions towards our kitchen remodel. Um, say something like, oh, like, as you know, we live in a, you know, a small apartment and really don't have room for any new household items. However, we'd, we'd love a contribution towards our new house fund if you are, you know, are wanting to gift us something. So really making it super, super optional, not asking people to give you money, not telling them to give you money, but letting them know, hey, if you did want to gift us something, we'd appreciate a contribution uh, towards X project, um, and, and sort of kind of explaining why you don't want the household items. Uh, most people just say something like we've been together, you know, for so long, we've already got those items or we live in a small space and we don't have any room for those items. You don't have to explain, but it's kind of nice, especially for older generations who are used to buying, you know, blenders and towel sets. It might be nice for them to see, oh yeah, they do live in that 300 square foot studio apartment in New York. They probably don't need I don't know, insert very large household item here. Um, but at the end of the day, even if you want money, and I know most of us probably would prefer money, you need to accept that some people will still be buying you gifts. There are certain people who just prefer to give gifts. And again, you have no control over what people are going to give you. You don't get to expect anything or control how people want to celebrate you and give you gifts. So in that case, it might be helpful to still have a small registry. So you could have, you know, a little cute line saying, you know, we love your contributions towards our house. Um, if you prefer to give a physical gift, we have a limited registry at Target for you. Click here, that sort of thing. Or you might want to just, you know, give a few ideas to, let's say, um, you know, it's going to be like your grandma's friends will be the ones who want to give you physical gifts. You might just want to pull grandma aside and say, Hey grandma, like if any of your friends are asking, we would love a new, um, baking wear set or something like that. You know, just put a couple ideas in their head because, uh, you will, you will get gifts. <laughs> Even if you just ask for money, I guarantee you someone has shown up with a fruit bowl or a lamp or a jewelry box or something like that. So it'd be nice if it's something you actually want, which is where a registry could be really helpful. Um, I know a lot of people say, oh, no, no, if we set up a registry, then everyone will just buy something off the registry and no one's going to give us cash. That won't happen. People will still give cash, especially if you do add those few lines telling people that, you know, that's your preference. Um, you're, you're putting the money towards something. People will still give you cash. So don't worry about that. Then let's talk about the compromise. So you've got registries for physical gifts. You've got asking for just money. And then you have the middle ground between the two, which is a fund registry. 
So this is where you are setting up a registry online like you would if you were asking for sheets from Bed Bath & Beyond, but instead of asking for physical gifts, you're asking for money, but in like a cuter way. <laughs> so for example, you've probably heard of a honey fund, which is a registry for your honeymoon. So you're not saying, oh, hey, buy us, you know, two first class tickets to New Zealand. It's You'll have cute things on there like, oh, dinner for two by the beach, uh, snorkeling, adventure, massage, um, shopping, this cool tour we want to go on, uh, winery visits, things like that. So people get to scroll through your registry and buy you these experiences for your honeymoon. But what's really happening, you know, the, the honey fund's not like connected to all of these different vendors on the ground in New Zealand, um, you know, booking they're not like actually booking you a massage. They're not going to say, oh, did you want Swedish or did you want a Thai massage? What what time works for you? Nothing like that. They're just saying like, oh, yeah, I'd love to buy you a massage. $100, great. So they click it. They send the $100 through and then the fund will give you the $100 and you're supposed to use it for a massage, but really you could use it for whatever you want. It's nice if you can use it for whatever the person bought for you, because then, you know, it really does feel like they purchased that, you know, dinner, massage, tour, whatever it is, but you don't have to, you'll just be given the money. It's not going to be tied to anything specific. So we've heard of honey funds. You've probably heard of them. You could also do something similar for like a house fund. So you could have, I've seen like really cute ones where, oh, you know, buy us a new window, buy us a new sink, things like that. Adorable. People have fun sort of like picking out different stuff they want to buy you. You could do uh, date nights, which could be really fun. You could have people, you know, purchasing like, oh, buy us like a steak dinner, buy us, I don't know, milkshakes or something like that. Um, you could have a ton of fun with this. Anything you're really looking to fundraise for, Honey Fund being the most common one. Um, and it's sort of nice because, you know, you get the cash, which is what you actually want, but it still allows people to feel like they're contributing to something real rather than just like, oh yeah, we gave them a hundred bucks and they probably spent it on groceries and like their cable bill. <laughs> so it's more fun. It makes it feel like a, you know, an actual gift. Of course, it is kind of the same as just getting money. In fact, it's actually worse. Usually these websites will make uh, the gift giver, so your guests, they'll make them pay like a little percentage for using their credit card. And sometimes they take a little cut. So, you know, if your guest wants to send you $105, or sorry, they want to send you $100, they might up spending like, you know, 105, 110, and then maybe the registry keeps some, you only get 95. I don't actually know how the numbers work, but I know that the fund, um, the registry fund usually keeps a little cut and your guests usually get charged a little bit. So that's something to keep in mind. You want to check those numbers and make sure it's still makes sense. Um, but it is a really fun way for people to, you know, still buy you real gifts and support you, but uh, not to fill your house with a bunch of items that you don't actually want. Um, you can have experiences, which are always more fun. All right, so we've covered registries, asking for money, fund registries. Now let's talk about some of the other wedding events where you might be receiving gifts. So of course, um, you will think gifts will be coming for the actual wedding. Uh, these might come in the form of, you know, envelopes on the day of, uh, possibly physical gifts on the day of. A lot of those physical gifts will probably be sent directly to you, especially if people are ordering off your registry. They're able to get that shipped 
right to your house, or they might be dropping off gifts to your house ahead of time or afterwards. But besides the wedding, you may also receive gifts at your engagement party, at your wedding shower, and at any bachelor or bachelorette uh, parties, or whatever those are called in your area. Uh, again, you'd never want to expect gifts. Um, and you can't tell people what to get you, <laughs> but these are other opportunities where you may receive some gifts. So usually these gifts will be a lot smaller. It's not gonna be, you know, cover, it's not gonna be, well, it might be, I don't know your crowd, but it probably won't be, you know, gifts of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars or anything like that. Um, but it is nice to have your registry ready early. So that page on your website where you're telling people um, where to go if they want to check out your registries and buy you something or the little blurb you've put together if you prefer cash or any sort of like honey fund or house fund or whatever fund you've set up. You want to have all of that ready to go ahead of time, especially if you are planning to have a wedding shower. Um, a lot of people will be heading to your website to find your registry. And this is another reason why it's good to put lower cost items on your registry, because for a wedding shower, someone might only want to spend, you know, $30, $40 on you. And it's great to have some items around that price point so they can still buy you something that you want that you put on the registry without um, spending all of their money. <laughs> This is likely that you're going to get more physical gifts, especially for a wedding shower. Uh, traditionally, uh, a wedding shower, the, the, the shower part is actually, it's supposed to be to shower the bride in gifts. Um, I'm calling it a wedding shower. Sometimes it's called a bridal shower, but I just want to be a little bit more inclusive. And it's definitely something that does not need to be just the bride. It can be both uh, members of the couple, brides, grooms, both. Um, you know, two brides, two grooms, one and one, whatever you want to call yourselves, wedding shower. But traditionally, it is to shower the couple with gifts. And uh, part of it is actually physically opening the gifts, like watching the couple or the bride open their gifts. So if that's something that you're doing at your shower, which I know some modern showers have, have gotten rid of this, but if that's something you're doing, obviously expect more uh, physical gifts that you actually unwrap. No one really wants to watch you like open up envelopes and say, oh, look, it's a check. <laughs> like that's not that exciting. So uh, keep an eye out for any events like that you, that you have coming up and make sure that your registry is fully stocked. Uh, if you're totally against a registry and you, you, know, you just want cash, you might want to have some conversations with whoever is throwing your shower because chances are people are asking them, oh my gosh, what should we buy? Because there's no registry, what do we do? Uh, so you might wanna have some ideas handy. Which leads in perfectly to my next point, what do you do if you don't know what you want? So if you're sitting there, looking around at your house saying, we have everything we need, you know, we've already paid for the honeymoon or whatever it is, we have no idea what to put on our registry, sure we'll take cash, but like we don't even really need it. What do we do? <laughs> so first of all, um, you know, think, do you have any big goals coming up? So are you looking to buy a house? Are you looking to buy a car? Are you looking to go on a really epic trip or a honeymoon or something like that? Um, those would all be really great things to have as a registry fund. So you could do like a remodel fund or something like that. Um, also look around your home and see if any of those items that you have need updating. So maybe you do have towels, but maybe they're the ones you've had since college and there's holes in them and you can like see through them because they're so thin. So maybe it would be, this would be a really great time to upgrade to something a little nicer. Um, I, I sort of have two minds about this. Like, you know, of course, think of things that you would want, but I'm, I'm sort of the mind of like, if you are happy with the stuff you have, we live in such a 
<laughs> commercial society that's always like, you know, buy, 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 more, 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 the newest, the latest, the greatest. And if, if you're truly happy with the stuff you have, I don't think you should be scraping the bottom of the barrel to try to come up with something you want people to buy you, right? Like if, if you don't care, if you've never used uh, a stand mixer before, you don't bake, then, then don't bother putting, you know, a $500 KitchenAid stand mixer on your registry just because it's a nice thing to have. Um, I think there are more impactful things you can do with uh, with your money and um, different things you can tell your guests to do. And here are a few of them. So you can think outside the box. Instead of asking for physical items, you could ask for experiences. So you could put together a list of things like, you know, here are some experiences we'd love to have together. Uh, we'd love to take a cooking class. Here's a link to, you know, a local cooking class. We'd love to do a paint night. We'd love to, I don't know, learn how to skate or take vocal lessons or do um, an escape room or something like that. So if you and your partner, you know, you have all the physical things you need uh, and you just want to have more awesome experiences together, I think that'd be super cool to put together like an experience list that people could try to gift you things from. You could also do um, a gift card registry. I, I wonder if that already exists. It might already exist. And this is not, you know, it's not super um, different from just asking for money, but it's a little more fun. So you could, you know, request gift cards to a bunch of different places, maybe some local shops that you love, local restaurants, or even, you know, practical things. You could ask for a gift card to your local grocery store where you do your weekly shops, um, to uh, a restaurant for date night, things like that. You could also ask for personal items. So I know some couples will say, um, you know, don't give us any gifts, but we'd love if you could write us like a letter for our fifth anniversary or something like that. Or if you could give us your best piece of marriage advice or, you know, send us a photo of you at your wedding and we're, you know, we're putting together a big collage. So something like that, you could ask for something more personal. Um, I've seen before couples saying like, hey, you know, don't get us a gift, but we'd love um, to go out for dinner with you. So sort of saying like, hey, take us out for dinner instead of buying us a gift. So that's sort of a, a two-in-one. You get a great dinner and you also get an experience. You get a date night out with um, the couple or the family or whoever the guest is. So that's super cool. And I think that would be a really fun thing to ask for. It might take a little bit more coordinating to actually uh, get all of those dinners like on the calendar. But I think that's a super fun thing to ask for in lieu of gifts. Of course, you can also ask people to make donations in your name to any causes that are super close to your heart. I think that's super, super sweet and a great way to um, to use people's money, to be honest. <laughs> if there's nothing in your house, you know, you really need, you don't have any big uh, expenses coming up, big projects or anything like that. It's, it's awesome if you can tell people like, you know, we're set, but we are super passionate about, um, you know, destigmatizing um, menstrual health in, um, I don't know, insert a country here or an area of the world. And, you know, here's a, here's a, project that we've worked with before that we've learned about and we'd love if you could support them or you know here's our local food bank here's our local pet shelter where we adopted our our dog from if you can support them it's it's so awesome if it's a cause that's really close to your heart and you can share that with your guests and then you know you feel good they feel good um whoever you're supporting hopefully feels good i think that's super sweet and i know it's not something that many couples um do just because you know they they want gifts and and no problem, right? Like <laughs> I want gifts. I love gifts. And, but I just think this is something uh, to keep in mind. And, and you can have this in addition to a registry, in addition to asking for cash, you can just, you know, add it to the bottom of your, of your website there sort of saying like, you know, we'd also love, um, or, you know, if you'd prefer to, to donate, we would really love if you could donate to this, 
this organization that's close to our hearts for whatever reason. And you might get both. You might get a gift. You might get a donation. You might get one or the other. Um, I think that's a really cool option to, to include. All right. I am almost done. I know this is a super long episode all about wedding gifts. Uh, my last big, big point that I really, really want to talk about is thank you cards. So I have seen in some Facebook groups, people saying like, oh, do I have to send a thank you card? They didn't even get me a gift. And yes, the answer is yes. You are sending a thank you card to thank people for attending your wedding or attending your wedding shower or your you know, engagement party, whatever it is. But let's go with wedding for now. So you're sending a card to say, thank you for attending my wedding. Thank you for celebrating my marriage with or our marriage with us. You know, thank you for trekking out there. Thank you for dressing up. Thank you for being the most fun on the dance floor. You are not saying thank you for spending $50 on a knife block for us. So regardless if the person gets you a gift or not, they get a thank you card. Every single person who attends your wedding gets a thank you card. This is something I am really, really apparently passionate about, but very adamant on. I'm a big, big believer in thank you cards. And, um, you know, again, like I said, I usually disagree with Emily Post on most things, but this is something that I think she is right on. Everyone deserves a thank you card. Now, thank you cards are supposed to be written by hand, um, but I think these days people are getting a little bit more lax and you can probably do an emailed one or maybe even like a typed printed one, maybe as part of your invitation suite, you have the option to to send um, thank you cards that way where you know you type it up and it gets sent and mailed out for you. But you do want it to be a little bit more formal than a text or a Facebook message being like, thanks so much, you're the best. Um, you don't want to do that. You do want it to be a little bit more formal, um, which again is one of those things that for some reason I agree with Emily Post on that. I think the thank you should be a little bit more special. I also really think you need to make it personal. So nobody wants to receive a thank you card that's obviously just been mass sent out to everyone that's just like, thank you so much for coming to our wedding. Love, Kat and Megan. Like nobody wants that, right? You want to make it personal. You want that person to really feel like you are thanking them for their presence, for their presence, whatever it is, um, make it personal. So if they did give you a gift, you can reference that. You can say, thank you so much for the blender. Every morning we make the best smoothies and we're really loving having this, you know, as part of our morning routine. Um, if they didn't give you a gift, you can still make it personal. You can say, you know, it was so amazing to hang out with you on the dance floor. Um, I'm going to be bragging about your moves uh, for the rest of time. Or it was so sweet to see you at the ceremony. Thank you for being part of our special day. When it comes to writing your thank you cards, you want to make sure that you're sharing the load between you and your partner. This shouldn't be one person's responsibility to write all the cards, especially if you have, you know, a huge guest list. You want to start early. So um, even though, you know, tradition says you have an entire year to send a thank you card, I think that's kind of silly. I think you should send the card right away. It would seem kind of odd to get a card like seven months later. Um, so you can even start, you know, before the actual wedding, especially if you start to receive gifts early. Um, you might not want to send a card until afterwards. I know a lot of people like to put their wedding photos on their cards. So you, you obviously won't have your wedding photos yet, but you can get started. You can look into, you know, addressing envelopes. You can start um, addressing the cards, just, you know, dear so-and-so, thank you so much for attending our wedding and then sort of leaving the rest. You want to have a formula. I think that will make it a lot easier. So your formula can be something super simple like, you know, dear ex, thank you so much for attending our wedding. We are so glad we could spend time with you, you know, X, Y, Z, include 
anecdote from wedding. Thank you so much for gift X. We love to do Y with it or, you know, something like that. So a quick line just saying, thanks for coming. A quick cute line of, you know, anecdote from the wedding and then a line about the gift. So making it super simple, you know what you're writing every time, but you still want to make it personal. So even if you have a formula, make sure you're still adding those personal details and then just kind of have fun with it, right? Like you could have a night of writing, you could put on, um, maybe put on your wedding playlist, open up a bottle of wine, or if you don't get too distracted, maybe put on a TV show in the background or something like that and uh, sit down with your partner and bang through, you know, say, okay, we're going to get like 50 cards done tonight or something like that. However, however you want to do it, set some goals, get them done. Um, and if you need help, there are lots of programs online, perhaps where you ordered your invitations from that can help you with things like addressing the cards, getting them mailed and sent out, possibly even writing the cards. But I, I do think that handwritten note is just something a little bit special and really says thank you for your gift, uh, whether that is a physical gift, a monetary gift, or just the gift of your presence. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a reading and review, subscribe so you don't miss the next episode, and tell a friend about the podcast. And remember, you can have a great meal without a centerpiece on the table.